Why are they doing this? Why are they doing this? Do you really want to know? It might make you uncomfortable and even sound a little crazy. But if I tell you, you can't go back to sleep. Here's the truth. You're under attack. We all are. Our children, our families, our communities. The saddest part is, they're only successful because we refuse to pay attention. For centuries, even millennia, they've conspired in the shadows and worked behind the scenes and hidden the truth behind cascading waves of lies and distractions. Can we be victorious? The fusion cell. I'll be your warrior guide, retired Green Beret Master Sergeant Jeremy Brown, with former Police Sergeant Jen. Do we have all the answers? Absolutely not. But together, we'll find them. Now, wake up. We've got work to do. Slow down, so science been waiting. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Fusion Cell. It's November 9th. 2023 i have jeremy brown on the line and today was a crazy day for news it was almost too much but it is almost friday and so i think that's when they <laughs> drop the uh the most important news stories i guess jeremy i don't know <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna string so some we're gonna dig through them yeah yeah exactly they're they're really important and so i want to just run through some of them quickly and then we are going to hit our Harry Dunn perjury video from uh, Steve Baker and the blaze. And then we're also going to get to Lara Logan's episode about Ray Epps. But before we do that, I just want to show you. And in the reason for that, that song coming in is a little down low, as you could hear, not, not very upbeat. And there's a reason for that and what we're about to talk about. So, First, I want to show you this this real quick video. This is from Illuminati Bot. It's one of my favorite accounts on Twitter, and I think Jeremy, you will appreciate this video a lot. Um, before we get into the nasty, the nasty stuff, so give me just one second while I bring this up. Okay. Jimmy Savile was the tip of the berg. You're surrounded by paedophiles. But steal and eat children in underground tunnels that go on for thousands of miles. David Icke was right. The Queen is a lizard. I'm sorry to break it so hard. Your life is a dream. The nightmare is real. And it's all in your own backyard. But you've had a good kip for most of your years. It's time to wake up and face up to your fears. You think the world's mad, and you'd be right. But it's madder than that. Better hold tight. When the truth is unleashed, it's going to hit home. All of this crap, one word, adrenochrome. In front of your face, hidden in sight. They call it white rabbit, but this bunny's a fright. So sick and depraved, so evil and cruel. So hard to believe we're taken for fools. In simplest terms, our children are food for underground demons who've had you wooed. They built up a system woven with spells, designed to deceive and delight. It's really a farm, with us as the cattle, our souls stolen in cover of night. In your heart of hearts, you know this is true, although it's a cross we must bear. It's time to stand tall and choose your side, do it with love and a prayer. God's had enough, 
time to wake wake the f up, Jeremy. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's nothing like some reptilian to get people away. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 the All beginning right. of the nasty that I wanted to show you guys. But right. are you ready? Well, for it? it was difficult to hear, but uh, I can appreciate uh, uh, some of the the stuff. Uh, I'm ready. Let me have it. Okay. All right. Here's a. This is a video, surprisingly, from CNN. Um, but this is this is going to make your blood boil. So let's just get to it. Damn it, Jen! Are you trying to make my blood boil? <laughs> the white-bearded oh, man claims he's right, sorry. sorry, I wasn't even ready for it. Yeah, you're going to be mad for sure. Yeah, I shouldn't have talked. <laughs> the white-bearded man who claims he's 55 years old comes to collect her. He's bought Parwana for 200,000 Afghanis, just over 2,000 US dollars. Covered up, Parwana whimpers as her mother holds her. This is your bride, please take care of her, says Parwana's father. Of course I will take care of her, replies the man. His large hands grab her small frame. Pawana tries to pull away. As he carries her only bag of belongings, she again resists, digging her heels into the dirt. But it's futile. The fate of this small, helpless child has been sealed. Nine year old Litan and four-year-old Zeton for a thousand US dollars each. Do you know why they're selling you? The journalist asked Zeton. Because we are a poor family and don't have any food to eat, she says. Are you scared? He asks. Yes, I am. Another family in Gore province borrowed money from their 70-year-old neighbor. Now he's demanding it back, but they have nothing to give except their 10-year-old daughter, Magul. My daughter doesn't want to go and is crying all the time. I am so ashamed, he says. Terrified, she threatens to take her life. If they push me to marry the old man, I will kill myself. I don't want to leave my parents. Days later, she discovers the sale has been finalised. Another Afghan child sold into a life of misery. Okay, so yeah, that should make your blood boil. That's absolutely disgusting, but it gets worse. And I just want to remind everybody, we pulled out of Afghanistan uh, cold turkey and knowing full well what was going to happen to these women and young children. Um, but that doesn't, that doesn't matter to the uh, Biden administration. Let's look at the, sorry. Yes, I'm saying. Go ahead. Wait, are you pointing to me? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I thought you were going to say something. I thought you were saying something. No, I, I mean, I can say something, but you told me to wait. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it gets worse. <laughs> Give me just one second. <laughs> no. All right. Hold on. Hold okay. on. Hold on. Let me just first stop you. Okay. Again, I, I, I must apologize to you. I, I know that you 
want me my blood to boil, but unfortunately, I've been to Afghanistan, and so none of this is a surprise to me at all. In fact, anybody that's ever been to Afghanistan or Iraq or a lot of places that you know I've been, and a lot of special operators and a lot of soldiers have been, uh, yeah, this stuff goes on on a regular basis. It's not anything shocking, and I'm, I'm, I'm. I'm I'm shocked that you're shocked and that you thought I would be shocked. But this is very common. I mean, where do you think Manuel Thursdays comes from? I mean, literally, like, they would use the aerostat cameras and sensors to pick up uh, people outside the wire doing all kinds of things to various types of animals. This is like regular soldier entertainment. Hmm. So... Yeah, I mean, this stuff, it's not news. While I'm no big fan of Joe Biden, it certainly has been something that they've called, and I'm sure that they've contributed to. Obviously, our pull out of Afghanistan uh, was horrific, but all of this was going on while we were there. I mean, this is very common. So it is an ugly world, and it's uh, the that most people would uh, like to be exposed to. And so, Okay. Sounds like you're being exposed to it. I mean, I've heard of it, but actually seeing it and seeing the the looks on their faces is pretty disturbing. So, um, and the men that they're getting married yeah, off, I mean, pretty disgusting. Yeah, we had to treat a kid one time because uh, their dad uh, he was disobeying, and who knows what his dad was trying to get him to do. But dad just threw him in the fire. That's a big deal. Burning uh, a large percentage of his body, our medic had to. You know, do what medics do best, and that saves lives. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's there's cultures in this world that have uh, no regard and no respect for human life, and so that may seem foreign to Americans, but it's actually very common where else in the world. So yeah, I could go off onto a, a whole conversation about that too, but. I got to stay on topic. I got to show you guys more stuff, more hideous things. Okay. Right. Um, so this is something I saw the other day and Jeremy, I'm sure you've heard of it. Bachi Bazi known as uh, playing with boys in Persian is what it means in Pashto and Hindustani, a form of sexual slavery and child prostitution in which prepubescent and adolescent boys are sold to wealthy or powerful men for entertainment and sexual activities. And here, here's a little video of it right here. So when these people act like uh, they don't accept homosexuality and they'll throw these people off the rooftop or drag them or stone them to death, um, yeah, so that's the, the music that goes with the video. Um, apparently, these boys, when, they, when they're orphans uh, or they have nowhere to go, they dress as women sometimes and have uh, parties. And then, of course, they're very unwanted. So they have to stay this way. Uh, until they die or, you know, get thrown off a rooftop. So uh, have, had you heard of that, Jeremy? Well, I've never heard it by the uh, Persian name, but look, uh, 
you know, after the Battle of Mogadishu that everybody is familiar with through the, you know, blockbuster hit, Black Hawk Down, mm-hmm. uh, our battalion was moved into Egypt uh, as, you know, a staging area. Of course, we didn't know this at the time because it was all classified and secret and everything. Uh, but we were basically hanging out in Egypt uh, on the outskirts of an exercise they had there called Bright Star. But we didn't really have a role in it. Again, not, it was kind of cover for us even being in the region. And so we had uh, some Egyptian counterparts, and they wanted to trade their squad boy. Okay. Now, I'm you know, a young you ranger. <laughs> All, all they were, were like, what the hell is a squad boy? And of course, they, you know, in their broken English or no English, just pointing to the hand gestures. Uh, we eventually figured out what the squad boy was, and we're like, uh, yeah, no thanks, we don't, we don't do that. We're American, so yeah. But, I mean, the the world is very odd, strange, and uh, not like America. But uh, hey, come to the city near you, I guess. Yeah, we're we're getting around to uh, how it affects America. I'll let you. All right, uh, so let me give you a call back. Okay. The caller has hung up. And so yeah, so I'm about to tie it back into America as soon as he calls back. Um, You know these cultural, whatever, uh, instances, whatever you want to call them, they don't stay in that country. Okay, they get brought over to the United States and then you have to have this argument about whether your laws apply to these people, just like mm, female genital mutilation, how they do that in some parts of Africa. And then they're brought over here. And well, this isn't female genital mutilation uh, where we come from. Well, it is here. And I'm going to say, and I'm very proud to say it. Um, once you come to America, yes, you should Unknown. assimilate. That's what I said. And identify yourself and act like at an American. Citrus County, Florida. Mean? This call is not private. It will be recorded and maybe monitored. That means you don't bring your barbaric uh, instances of your culture to this country. As a private number to accept this free call. That's what it means. To refuse this free call. Thank you for using. Securus, you may start the conversation now. All right, can you hear me? Yes. Uh, just one more thing. To clarify, the squad boy was simply the youngest soldier in the squad who was passed around for sexual entertainment. Mm. That's what the squad boy was. And so they wanted to trade squad boys with us, assuming, of course, we also had squad boys. Oh. But in Ranger Battalion, we did not have squad boys. <laughs> I'm sorry. I have nothing to trade. <laughs> Ako taco. All right. Now, um, I'm pretty sure there's a Marine Corps joke in there somewhere, but I'm not going to say it. <laughs> uh, no comment. Okay. So how does this come back to America? I was just saying, I was just saying that when, when you were offline there for a second, that when people come to this country, when you come to America, these, some of these cultural instances don't stay in that country. They try to bring them here, and um, no, I don't accept. No, that. no, no, no. They don't try to bring them here. They do bring them here. Yeah. So in I mean, the, this. Yeah. This, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. 
I, I'm just gonna. I would just. The next point is that the Biden ad, admin was caught secretly funneling two billion dollars to Taliban terrorists. Okay, so the Taliban has taken over Afghanistan, and we are. Let's see. The Biden regime has been secretly funneling a whopping two point three five billion billion of taxpayer money to the Taliban over the last two years, according to a bombshell report by the Special Inspector General for Afghan Reconstruction. Okay. So again, the United States is paying the supposed enemy, is paying the terrorist, is funding Hamas, is funding the Taliban, is funding this bullshit. And if you're not already tired of it, you should be. Just looking at what the aspects of this disgusting part of their culture is. Uh, it's abhorrent. Okay, next next slide. Army retains decorated Green Beret. It planned to kick out over confronting Afghan child rapist, right? So this is exactly what Jeremy's talking about. These soldiers are seeing it with their own eyeballs. This is from 2016. U.S. Army decided... Uh, to retain a decorated green braid a plan to kick out after he physically confronted a local Afghan commander accused of raping a boy over the course of many days. Jeremy, your two cents on that. I, I know you've heard about this before I have, because you told me about this story. Yeah. So uh, in the pre-show I told Jen, cause she was very, as you can tell, she's very uh, emotional tonight over this topic as well. She should be. And I said, Oh, I said, Jen, this is no, this is nothing new because she uh, she pitched the idea as if this just started since we pulled out. I'm like, no, no, Jen, and don't you know the story of the Green Beret? And so obviously she found it. But see, here's the thing: is that the, that that story kind of opens it, right? It's like, oh, the army decided to keep him. No, 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 no. The army did not decide to keep him. What happened is when the story broke out into the public, in the the, the news. Uh, feeds and all these different podcasters and conservative talk radio and and maybe the uh, the the controlled corporate media start to report the story. That's what then politically shifted the wind. So we we talk about what do we do? What do we do? There are we can change things, right? And this is a perfect example of one of the. I did not know that they reversed course. All I remember is that they were about to kick this guy out. And I remember that there were some uh, pretty high profile uh, exposés conducted on the story. And so I'm glad to hear that they changed course. Yeah, this is, look, this is what your special operators do out there that you never hear about. Like work with the bad guys to get with, to the worst guys. But when we see our bad guys acting beyond what we're willing to tolerate, we yeah. slap the shit out of them, and then what happens? Big army comes in and tries to throw us out of the army and, and treat us like we're pieces of crap. You know, kind of like when you try to expose that the vice president of the United States and the president of the United States were conducting treason back in 2011. Well, then they cook up some bullshit story, drum you out of the army, and rob you of all your dignity. And then later, they try to falsely convict you of trumped-up charges and then put you in a prison. Great. Not that I know anybody like that. <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound familiar at all. And so how does this come home to roost? Well, two instances here. We're talking again about 
you know, sexual deviancy, sex trafficking is what this leads into um, because they found a, a high profile sex ring has been busted with multiple arre arrests that involved government contractors, professors, military officers and executives at pharmaceutical pharmaceutical companies and more. Let me show you this video. were arrested and charged in federal court with operating a sophisticated high-end brothels in Cambridge, in Watertown, and in Eastern Virginia. These establishments were allegedly promoted through two different websites, bostontop10.com and browneyesgirlsva.blog. The three individuals behind these websites facilitated the movement of predominantly Asian women across the United States for sex trafficking and sexual a commercial sex ring, exploiting them in the process. This commercial sex ring was built on secrecy and exclusivity, catering to a wealthy and well-connected clientele, and business was booming until today. It's a Don't pat yourself too hard on the back, okay? They pulled FBI and are probably still doing so FBI agents from doing their job, just like Steve friend said with this human trafficking and sexual shit to go chase down J six defendants. Okay. And we know how pervasive this sex cult, satanic sex ring. If, if people don't understand by now that this is a, this satanic stuff is going on. I don't even know what to tell you. That's exactly what all this is. It is so disgusting and depraved. Um, sexual slavery is some of the worst of the worst, right? How much more, I mean, don't test me or anything, Jeremy, but I mean, how much more depraved can you get, right? Well, the, how about this for depravity? Um, <laughs> I knew you were going to want to. There were probably good agents involved in that investigation that probably did things that they were told not to do and pushed it forward anyway. And it was probably allowed to go through because you want to know what it actually, the probably accomplishment of that operation more than likely was hmm. the seizing and confiscation of the client list. Hmm. You see, it's just like the FBI arrested Jeffrey Epstein, right? But what about all Jeffrey Epstein's security tapes? What about his black book? What about his client list? What about all the evidence that Jeffrey Epstein was in control of? But see, that all disappeared. But look, we got Jeffrey Epstein. And unfortunately, that is actually the real purpose. See, this would be the perfect example of a compartmentalized operation. That guy doing that press conference probably is excited that he took a bunch of uh, freaks and pedophiles and demons off the street. But see, he probably doesn't even realize that he's actually also covering things that were involved. Yeah. This is the really sad thing. Like the Finders investigation, which if you're not familiar with the Finders investigation, read about that. Where you've got good agents out there uncovering things that they can just simply make disappear. Yeah, sure, maybe they'll get a couple of convictions here and there. They'll make it look good. But the reality is the overall big picture is that it took a lot of that stuff right off the screen. Right? I mean, the investigation showed that there were the, the guy 
in the the shuttling of child sex trafficking folks there. And all of that, all that documentation was simply just erased, sealed, wiped out. And, you know, they're like, hey, what happened to all that investigation that we did? No, don't worry about it. Uh, we've now deemed that national security. And you can think to yourself, oh, that's awfully conspiratorial. Okay. You believe it? Don't believe it. Oh, hey, why don't you just let your children run around in the Washington, D.C. area if you want? I, I'll pass. Okay. Yeah. So there's Richmond north of Richmond. You ever heard the song? Um, so that is the reality. Just like when the FBI confiscated Ashley Biden's diary. Um, has the FBI done anything after they confiscated that? And we know that it's Ashley Biden's diary because uh, was it Project Veritas that actually has the voicemail of Ashley Biden calling trying to get her diary back? Yes. Yeah. But see, that's just a conspiracy theory, right? In my interview with the DHS agents, and they're talking about, oh, yeah, we stopped a guy the other day with, that said Biden is a pedophile. And I said, well, he is a pedophile. You guys know that. And it, and he chuckled and goes, yeah. You can barely hear it, but go back and re listen to the recording. A de- Department of Homeland Security agent, when I say, well, Biden is a pedophile, you guys know that, he chuckles and under his breath goes, yeah. Yeah, that's disgusting. I just some conspiracy theories. You might also wonder, you get the client list and they see these, they know that all this is going on. So why were these people uh, thrown into the grinder, right? Why were they the ones discovered? It was another good question. Oh, how about this? You think it's just the FBI? Um, didn't you all just hit the shocking leap of the... Nashville Shooters Manifesto of yes. the Nashville Police Department. Yep. Uh, well, why were they hiding that? I mean, how long does it take to investigate a dead man? I mean, the, the, the guy is dead. Yep. So there's no reason to hide that from the American people unless you're working on behalf of your bosses who don't want certain narratives out there and do want other narratives out there. And something tells me Jen has a narrative that we're going to talk about a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let me get real quick to this, this, uh, this article here before we go on. Um, This is from the nation. It's called, well, the title is the Pentagon's flailing campaign against hate, how the military continues to downplay the spread of extremism in its ranks. I'm going to put this in the chat. This is going to, uh, make you mad also but i just picked out and there you have it it's it's a few i mean it's way too long for me to read the whole thing i'm just i just picked up some small snippets so you get an idea of what's going on here as the rolling institutional crisis of american political life unspools a key accelerating force has gone largely unchallenged radical right-wing military extremism Grinding against the military's self-spun narrative of inclusion are clear facts and simple logic showing how a foundationally white institution engaged in the volatile work of violence will inevitably end up fueling extremist behavior, especially in a country such as ours with a gruesome legacy of racism. In a country like the present-day United States, riven by conflicts that increasingly threaten our ever-fragile standing as a multiracial democracy, the forces of MAGA reaction are exploiting that instinct on behalf of a radical new mission. At least 188 people with military backgrounds participated in the January 6th insurrection, and many more rooted 
from the sidelines. As it happened, January 6th also marked the one-month anniversary of the nomination of the nation's first Black Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. The shock of the insurrection made it clear that the military's racist elements were alive and well. So that's what you're in for if you read that article, okay? <laughs> well, clearly the nation doesn't know the demographic breakdown of the United States military. Uh, but, look, I, I've said this many times, okay? There's two major groups that they must take out, okay? And remember, this is unconventional warfare. They have seized power many decades ago. And they are now conducting their roll-through mop-up operation. So I've talked about how the armed American citizen is the largest defense force on the planet, okay? But the armed American veteran is the largest military force. The largest army on the planet is the armed American veteran. And this is why I was advised that in 2014, the Department of Homeland Security was advising that military veterans returning from combat were danger. Jim found something that dates all the way back to 2009. So there you have it, folks. Once again. Yeah. Well, let me call back. Okay. The caller has hung up. So we're almost there, folks, to the uh, Harry Dunn, David Lazarus, Steve Baker, The Blaze video. Um, we, I just have a couple more things to hit on really quickly. One actually is from PS34 bringing that article up um, late last night on the Fusion Cell. But Jeremy and I were just talking about it before we got on. So we're going to hit that really quick. And... It looks like something may have come out of this 2020 presidential election. <laughs> Finally, uh, although there's been a, a lot of things that people just seem to want to dismiss. But this one's actually coming from another country. And I don't know why it's now. That's another thing that we always have to ask ourselves. Why now? Why is Marsha, Marsha, I think her name is, Blackburn, just now trying to get additional names off of that Epstein client list and those flight logs? Is it because Unknown there's a new speaker? Is that the reason? Or is there something else behind it? An individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It is it going to come up and maybe monitored. right before if the 2024 election? Call, please hang all up the evidence all is actually going to come out that the 2021 was stolen? As a private number to I don't know. This free call. Press one to refuse this free call. Thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All right, we're back. Okay, so uh, this is just a one-off, but I found it pretty important. The coup d'etat of America. Italian intelligence, along with U.S. sworn testimony, confirms the 2020 U.S. presidential election was stolen. Satellites being controlled from Italy added votes to Biden to defeat Trump. Leonardo Aerospace Defense and Security, along with the U.S. State Department employee, the CIA, Italian citizens, and a Dominion employee were all involved in the fraudulent stealings of the U.S. 2020 presidential election. Joe Biden, once installed as the unlawful president of the United States, orders Matteo Renzi, the former prime minister of Italy, to take down the current prime minister of Italy, Giuseppe Conte. This is done by paying off Conte with millions of dollars in cash to keep him quiet. 
U.S. federal prosecutor John Durham has in his possession documents of evidence that shows Barack Obama illegally moved $400 million in cash on pallets through the Dubai embassy with the help of the Italians. They stole $400 million from from America and put the money into a Merrill Lynch account in Geneva, Switzerland. Those involved in these atrocious crimes have murdered five Italian government officials in March alone to cover up their crimes. We can't let them get away with stealing the presidency. So, you know, I just wanted to throw that out there. I'll post this also so you can do your own digging and see how truthful you find that to be. But I was just saying, Jeremy, when you were offline, um, who knows why these things are dropping now? Is it going to drop right before November 2024? you know, the evidence, the Kraken comes out that the 2020 election was stolen. And then we're going into 2024 with no changes to our election systems. They want well, look, major disobedience. They uh, go ahead. No, no, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying they, they want chaos, right? So that would make sense if, if that happens. There's, there's more truth bubbling to the surface. As I always say, this next year is going to be very chaotic and it just seems like that would be a card they would play. So I'm just throwing that out there. Well, and, and so what I was going to say is that I just listened to President Trump in an interview with, I believe it was Buck Sexton and Clay Travis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he was on for like 30 minutes or whatever. And he is saying that you know, he's going to release. Yeah. And I remember a few months ago, he said, oh, on Monday, I'm going to release the evidence. And then they cancel that. Now he's saying, oh, I'm going to release the evidence. So, you know, you know the, the chaos theory theory uh, is looking more and more like the real thing. Because, how, first of all, after all that President Trump has been, you know, proverbially put through, right? It, you know, let's say, let's say that you, uh, uh, believe that what you're seeing happen is legitimate, right? And that he's actually being prosecuted and persecuted and all this other stuff. Uh, at what point does he start publicly saying what he's going to, what, what is he waiting for? Right. Like, that's what I'm, I'm wondering, what is he, waiting for? is he waiting to get elected? Because waiting closer to election, that's not really going to help you get elected. I mean, uh, exposing these guys further out and making sure that they uh, are, are justice, I think, would be uh, a better solution because how long is it going to take for this information to filter down to the, you know, distracted, moronic American voter, right? right. TV right now that yeah. could care less about the presidential election. I mean, it, it, it just strikes me as odd because I'm going to tell you right now, if I had a uh, Full-fledged one, like if I had photographs of the you know, the the special unit or confidential informant that was putting the grenades in my RV, you would have already had them by now. Now there are some things because I'm kind of tricked in between some things at trial, but the hardcore 100% uh, mic drop evidence. If I had the 100% solution that would just clear it all up 100 undisputed, well, then it would be in your hand. I wouldn't be holding it out while I sit here in jail, right? Yeah. So it just seems odd to me that he's still making these claims of, I've got this evidence that I'm going to be revealing soon. Like, what are you waiting for? We just had an election where apparently the Democrats 
Trump, because everyone loves Democrat policy, right? <laughs> Another election. But how many, you know, you had 2022. How many fraudulent elections are there going to be allowed to take place before President Trump says, okay, I think I'm ready to actually release this hard evidence? Maybe he hasn't. Maybe he doesn't have it, right? But it seems to me like it's some big game, some big act. And yeah, every election has had fraud. Read uh, Congressman Nell's book. He goes through in a very meticulous way and outlines the, his- the history of fraudulent elections in America. It's not disputed. The fact that saying that there was no fraud should be the only evidence that you need. When the government is saying that there is no of anything, you can better believe that there's lots of whatever it is that they're saying that there's none of. Right? If they yes. say there's no inflation, you know exactly. that inflation is going up. Yeah. When, when they, I mean, anything the government tells you, you should just, it's like the media. Anything the media tells you, you should just assume that it's the exact opposite is true, and you'll be way, way more informed in life. So just the fact that the government was running around with FBI agents and CISA agents and God knows who else was running around in this PR, you know, effort by the government saying, oh, this was the most free and fair election ever. It was amazing. Best I ever seen. Right after an election that apparently was the most corrupted election ever. I mean, does anyone believe this? I just read the intro to the January 6th report. I read the introductions by Benny Thompson and Liz Cheney. Mm-hmm. And... I couldn't help but laugh my way through it. I mean, some of the things that they claim, I mean, literally Benny Thompson says, in my 30 years in Congress, and then in the very next paragraph, he talks about how he's working on economic opportunity and better schools and all this stuff for, for this underprivileged people. And I'd be, and the first thing I thought is, uh, I bet if we look at Benny Thompson's district, that the day that he took office, and compared it to today, that things are way worse. Yeah. Everything, every one of those categories that he has spent 30 years fixing, I guarantee you, if you, if you surveyed 100 black voters out of Benny Thompson's district and said, are the schools better today than they were 30 years ago? They'll say, uh, no. Uh, is your economic opportunity better today than 30 years ago? Uh, no, these people are, uh, they're, they're, they're just, I mean, what, what's it called when you just can't help yourself? You lie about everything. I, I can't even give the term. Pathological liars one. Pathological, they're cold liars. And then literally today I hear Mark Levin on the radio saying Nikki Haley's a liar. Well, there were five liars on the stage. You know how I know? Because they're all politicians running for president. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh- What's her name? Her, Carolyn Swain, I think her name is. And she said, why is the media? And, you know, I, I really like I like her as much as you can like a public figure. But she said, uh, why is the media terrified of Vivek Ramaswamy? And I said, they're not terrified of him. He's on the stage. OK, if they were terrified <laughs> of him, he wouldn't be there. <laughs> so. He's supposed to be there. Yeah. He's the fake outsider. I mean, exactly. come on, folks. Look at his background. I mean, oh, oh my gosh. I, 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 I don't know. Let's... Okay, one more, <sighs> one more story before we uh, get into 
the blaze. Okay. And, and this is, this is something Jeremy and I talked about before the PS 34 brought this up late last night. Um, CNN fires freelance Gaza photojournalist Hassan Eslaya after claims he and five others were embedded with Hamas terrorists when they invaded Israel on October 7th and had prior knowledge of the attack. Photos have emerged of him posing with Hamas leader Yahya Sinwar. He also posted a now deleted video to X in which he described how Hamas fighters kidnapped Israeli soldiers from the burning tank and on his Facebook is a picture of him holding a grenade. So let me show those to you right here. That's him. There's a little Hamas leader right there, a little kiss on the cheek, and him holding a grenade. Okay. So Wait, you mean <laughs> government corporate controlled media exactly, knew all about the Hamas attack? Exactly but the CIA and the Mossad didn't? I mean, come on. Again, does anyone believe this? Uh, this is what I'm saying. We are living in the saying. The saying is in an insane land full of insane people, the same man seems insane, right? This is us. We're all sane, but yet the world around us is all insane, and it's making us feel like we're the insane ones. But really, we all know that that's not true, yeah. right? Like, like, like the Russian journalists who I quote all the time, they're lying to us. We know that they're lying to us. They know that we know that they're lying to us, but they lie to us anyway, and we pretend to believe them. Yeah. I mean, how much more are we going to continue to tolerate this? I mean, how many more times are we going to say, yay, did you hear what the Congress, they're going to issue subpoenas and be like, um, nothing's going to come of these subpoenas, right? This is just all fake, false actions, right? A subpoena, uh, they're going to bring them in, they're going to question them, they're going to have some sound bites, they're going to go on Sean Hannity, they're going to go on whatever show, they're going to talk about all the stuff that they uncovered that we all already knew. Why? Yeah. Because we're conspiracy theorists and we don't believe the damn thing the government says. And then, you know what's going to happen? You think they're going to issue uh, uh, referrals to the Justice Department? You think they're going to indict anyone? Do you think? No, no. Nothing. Nothing is going to happen. Hmm. Nothing at all. They'll talk to impeachment and they'll do this. And then, oh my gosh, wait, Jen, I, I don't know if you know this, but the government's about to shut down. Holy crap. Forget all that Biden and treason and, and child trafficking and war and everything. My God, the government's going to shut down and then grandmas are going to die. Man. Yeah, the, the, then, the chaos and then, and propaganda is so strong. Let me predict the next three government shutdowns. Um, the day or two before, they're going to come to a late night solution. You yeah. get the Vegas odds, place those bets right now. This is what's going to happen. But this is the ridiculousness of the state of our country. And if we don't do something about it, it's going to continue to spiral down until we're just weak enough that our enemy only have to extend a minimal amount of force to tip us to be Except it'll be called republic tipping. So get us so weak. That then we'll just be able to, with one finger, just push us on over, and then we will no longer exist as a nation, and we'll be speaking. Maybe a mixture. Maybe you don't create a new global. What you're describing is a lot of uh, deceit and dishonesty. 
You cut out a little bit there. Are you back? Let me know when. Oh, you're breaking up. Deception, distraction, and division is how the evil one uh, accomplishes all this kill, stealing, destroying. Deception and distraction. You're absolutely right. So we're actually going to watch a little video on that right now. And when you do it in court, it's called perjury. Okay. Are you ready, Jeremy? Uh, well, let me call back. Okay. The caller has hung up. He's like, this is juicy. I got to call back for this. Make sure I don't get interrupted. Listening to Harry Dunn and his lying lips. Agent Lazarus, his lying ass. Everybody got Biden's even in this video. Him too. You know, when I was starting to wake up, uh, my wife and I started questioning ourselves. Are we going crazy? Is is it true that all these people are lying? That the majority of what we've been told is a lie? How do, how do we know? How do we know that we're being rational or irrational? And it always came down to, well, why are they lying to us? If they're lying to us, they're being deceitful. They're being dishonest for a reason. And so that's what kept us on the straight and narrow so we didn't lose our minds. Unknown caller. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free thank you for using Securus. You may start the conversation now. All righty. All right. Let her rip. Private First Class, Harry Dunn. From the United States Capitol Police. Officer Harry Dunn acted with remarkable courage and valor to defend both our institutions and our people. The Capitol Police officer assigned to the protective detail of then House Speaker Nancy Pelosi appears to have given false testimony. This is perjury brought in to corroborate the testimony of another Capitol Police officer. It is imperative that we establish the truth of that day. It's a Capitol Police officer who just took the stand in the Oath Keepers trial. Sentenced to 18 years in prison. Generations to come will think of him. It never happened. The way he unpacks the stories. I don't conflate my story. Sounds like something a useful idiot would say. Part two, Harry Dunn, anger issues. Officer Harry Dunn, in his new book, Standing My Ground, a Capitol Police officer's fight for accountability and good trouble. Officer Dunn has been among the first Capitol police officers to describe what happened to law enforcement on January 6th. It is expected that when somebody does release a book that they're going to do a quote-unquote book tour, that they're going to make media appearances. The most unique and interesting thing about this book tour that he's on is that for some reason, no other, none other of the Capitol Police officers are allowed to tell their stories. What if Donald Trump wins again? Would you... (laughs) 
<laughs> got anything stronger? Let's make no mistake about it. There were a lot of officers injured that day. I have reviewed hundreds and hundreds of hours of video, and there was violence. I saw violence there that day with my own eyes. In the dozens of media interviews that he has participated in. Seen on TV many times. Has anybody ever showed a single second of video of his heroic actions that day? We need heroes I, I, like I, I, you. What we learned from the book, though, he goes into great detail about his own history of therapies, counseling sessions. And I'm now receiving private counseling therapy for the persistent emotional trauma of that day. Mostly dealing with anger issues. And of course we did see some of those anger issues displayed. So he was already distressed, already seeing things, imagining things, escalating things in his own mind in a way that other officers weren't. I'm not gonna try and play psychologist because I'm not one. There's just something wrong with him. One of those incidences took place at the top of a stairwell uh, down in the crypt. Uh, it's a staircase that leads down to the lower terrace where a lot of officers were receiving first aid for their injuries. He was surrounded by some metropolitan police officers when inexplicably he just lost control. nobody doing any violence of any type in that room at the time. In fact, there was only a very, very a small handful of protesters in the crypt at that moment. And they were all the way across the room. And he just started screaming and shouting obscenities across the room. And at that moment, uh, Captain Ben Smith of the United States Capitol Police ran over to him, put his hand on his shoulder. And, you know, calm down, Harry, calm down. Exhibit B, the stairwell. A couple of minutes later, Harry broke out in a run uh, towards the staircase that led up to what they call the small rotunda or the speaker's lobby. And as he's running towards those stairs, he accidentally hit the button on his magazine from his M4 automatic weapon. The magazine bounces off the floor. Three other officers run over. One of them picks it up and hands it to him. And Harry <laughs> runs to the top of the stairs. He's yeah. clearly agitated. He's in a high level of distress, not because he's been fighting with anyone. When he reached the top of that stairs, that was the moment when Oath Keeper Ken Harrelson saw this highly distressed officer carrying an automatic rifle arrive to the top of the stairs. Already, something's going wrong in his head. There wasn't a single officer carried off on the stretcher that day. Exhibit C, the rotunda. There was another scene that took place in which he describes in the book not so terribly accurately. He says that he saw a, a protester who was leaning against the wall. Another police officer had given this protester a bottle of water to wash out his eyes because the protester had been sprayed with pepper spray. The book says that he was screaming obscenities to that protester and yanks the bottle of water out of his hand and then throws it, in his own words, halfway across the rotunda floor. Harry can be seen entering the rotunda. He's not running, but he does inexplicably walk the full length of the floor. He walks over to this lady sitting um, on a bench. She's wearing red and complete 
far end of the Capitol uh, or the rotunda from where he entered, he's screaming at her and she's doing nothing. And immediately an officer has to come over and intervene and actually takes the lady away from, from Officer Dunn. Then Dunn walks over to the middle of the rotunda floor where a protester is sitting in the middle. He's not leaning against the wall. He's sitting on the floor. He has four or five other police officers around him. He does have a full bottle, bottle of water in his hand and inexplicably, Dunn reaches down and snatches, violently snatches the bottle of water out of his hands, but he doesn't throw it across the floor. He just then ambles across to the other end of the rotunda and walks over and places the bottle on the pedestal of a statue. Then a higher ranking officer can be seen talking to another member of what they call the M4 unit, points it done, and basically you can see from his hand motion says, get him out of here. And that officer immediately goes over to Dunn and immediately waves him, grabs him, and gets him out of there. Once again, he was not in a position where he was de-escalating, where he was um, calm and collected, where he was in control of his own faculties. Officer Dunn, as a personal training officer who teaches de-escalation tactics and procedures, was not following the lessons that he himself taught those who he was in charge of training. Officer Dunn's testimony in federal trial was instrumental in the conviction and sentencing of several Oath Keepers now in prison. When the, uh, the, the January 6th committee was first put together, Nancy Pelosi is famously uh, recorded as saying, And is also our duty to establish and preserve the narrative of that day. The stories we have coming out are going to show that there was a concerted effort to manipulate information, yeah. manipulate evidence, suppress evidence, and create evidence that does not exist in order to reach those goals of establishing the narrative. He's been put out as a hero. He received yes. some Citizens Award from Joe Biden. MSNBC has treated him like a god. As opposed to Tarek Johnson, what he actually did on January 6th that was heroic but he's been villainized. I reached out to Harry. I've been very fair in my series about the Capitol Police. I believe that they were set up that day. I told Harry right from the get-go that I believe that he was set up as well. My heart goes out to him, and I hope that uh, Harry will eventually see way to maybe talk to me a little bit further and a little deeper and give me a little bit more inside information. Tens of thousands of hours of footage from January 6th have been withheld from the public. It's now in the hands of the Republicans in Congress. Mr. Speaker, release the video. Yeah, it should be in the hands of the defense team. We don't want them to actually be able to defend themselves. But uh, was that Steve talking? Is he narrating that? Yes. Okay. I agree with him 100%. The Capitol Police were set up. They were put into a situation intentionally without their knowledge, which is why when I'm reading, I have a police chief Steve's son's book, and I'm reading through it, and it reads like a man who did not know, did not properly know what was going on, and he can't quite put his finger on why all these things happened. The chief I can put my finger on it because just like I've been saying, this is how compartmentalized operations work. There are very, now, there's no doubt 
that done since January 6th has been approached, which would explain why he's changed his story yes. since the original reports that he's been chronicled as saying. He has been approached probably as, you know, as we say, the token whatever guy, right? Like they had the token pretty girl who testified at the hearing that was all over television and she boohooed, yet she somehow like like Captain Marvel ran around everywhere on the Capitol. She was everywhere, but yet she was not unconscious and all this other stuff. Yet, just like you said, nobody was taking out on stretchers. There's no body cam video of any of her actions, just like was done. They go and they pluck out these perfect fake testifiers, right? Just like in, in the movie 1984, the second one that was actually made in 1984. The guys that disappeared all of a sudden pop up on the television screen, denouncing everything and talking about how great Big Brother is. Well, that, Mr. Dunn, right? He was put in a weird situation. In fact, his behavior that day, it sounds like they might have put something in the water. I don't know. I don't have it. I mean, just listening to his actions, they don't, they're not in correspondence with the, the situation. And, and even in relation to other officers that are literally having to step in and be like, hey, dude, calm down. What's going on here? Let me you tell know, you something. It could be very well that. The, yeah. the, this, is, this is the cop that you don't want to cover you because he's going to turn a normal situation into a use of force. That's exactly the kind of cop he is. He has anger issues like that. Then he's going to find any reason to make it into a bigger situation. I mean, he was fumbling around so much with, I mean, how can you drop your magazine while you're carrying it, Jeremy? I mean, you know, that that's just uh, lack well, of discipline. Because you're a moron. Yeah. Because you're, you're getting so amped up about things you shouldn't be getting amped up about. There's no reason to. Uh, if if you're watching this video, you could see all the other police officers that are standing around are literally just standing around or completely calm. And he's the only one with, uh, you know, Jen, running around. Jeremy. If you watch all the video in my discovery, mm -hmm. hours and hours of video, if only I could just get that to somebody who would take it and just let everybody see it. Hours of video. That's what you're going to see. You're going to see cops that aren't frantic. You're going to see cops meandering around. You're going to see some in riot gear and some in regular patrol gear, some wearing masks, some not wearing masks, some chatting up people, some not, you know, occasionally you'll have one that gets a little bit in a little bit of a tussle, tussle with an individual guy, but not because the guy's not because it becomes something totally different. It's not like the cop was trying to stop him, and this guy was like, no, it's like, they probably, maybe the guy slept with his girlfriend, and he finally thought to fight him. I don't know. But that was, that's the outlier. Most of the video is of cops that aren't in this type of frantic house until you get to the videos of when they line up, and then they're given the command for beating the hell out of the protesters. Right. And you can watch that body cam that we played a little clip of last week. There's like two or three hours of that. Right. Mm -hmm. Before they're all standing around. And if you listen to the whole four hour tape, right, I guarantee you, because I think I remember that cop wearing that body cam was a black officer. And not one time, if not him, the, the one next to him. Because I, I remember talking to these guys, right? I was yeah. talking in their ear and, and, and 
you know, I could tell that they wanted to talk back in a in an agreeing type way, but they have one minute left. But yet, you're not going to hear any racial slurs towards this black guy. In fact, the other guy was a Hispanic officer, so uh, there were no racial slurs. In fact, if you listen to the body cam that I'm in, what's the guy saying? Hey, protect the women, protect the women, protect the women from who? Protect them from the cops. That's what they're saying. Watch the video. This is why they don't want the video released. It's why they don't want the confidential human source reports because they're covering something up and they don't want the videos released because they're covering up, like Nancy Pelosi says, we got to stick to the narrative, folks. And that's exactly what you're seeing. Yeah, good point. I love that she said that, by the way. Yeah, because, you know, she drinks too much at work. So sometimes when you're drunk, you say things that are true, but you probably shouldn't have said with your outside hole. Uh, good point. Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. I'm back. Okay. Um, there was a part in there that it flashed, and it was just showing part of his book where he's talking about the water bottle. Okay, I want to read it to you. There was one particular rioter wheezing against a wall. He couldn't breathe because he was overcome with pepper spray. He's saying, I can't breathe. An officer comes over to him and says, can I help you, sir? The officer gave him a bottle of water so he could wash off some of the shit that was irritating him. I ran over and snatched the bottle out of the dude's hand and threw it halfway across the rotunda. I said, fuck you. Get the fuck out. And I pushed him. These were the fuckers who were beating my fellow officers. Fuck him. Fuck all of them. Just so you know, um, I think I read about three policy violations right there just reading it you are to give medical assistance to whomever uh, needs it especially if they're detained okay unknown caller to unprofessionalism an incarcerated individual at citrus county florida this call is not private it will be recorded and may be monitored if you believe this should be a private call, please hang up least. and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press 1. To refuse this free oh, call, Oh, and that would also be considered uh, a use of force the conversation now. Let me break that down real quick. I didn't, I didn't know if you wanted me to call back or not. Oh, yeah, definitely. We haven't even hit uh, Lara Logan yet, but I just want to go over something really quick here. Um this is a paragraph coming out of his book. So, I mean, I, I would love to read the rest of it because if this is any indication of what he's saying is true, then we absolutely need to hit up these phone lines. And so after you've watched that, um, I have some numbers for you guys to call. And I was thinking that we could do this. You know, you can watch me call next week, but uh, this is from Trumpetarian. She put this out on Twitter. Harry Dunn, David Lazarus have been shown to have committed perjury in a court of law against American citizens. We, the people, demand that your office immediately investigate this and all other illegal or unethical acts by these officers with regards to J6 or any other public matters. OPR at USCP.gov. That's OPR at USCP.gov. Phone number is 202-512-2170 to make a complaint. This is to Speaker Johnson about the J6 footage. One, release the footage. Two, Create legislation to move all J6 cases out of D.C. Three, investigate the biased judges in committee hearings. Mike.Johnson at mail.house.gov. That's Mike.Johnson 
at mail.house.gov. Phone number 202-225-7777. Okay, let me read to you the small paragraph here. There, this is from supposedly from Harry Dunn. There was one particular rioter wheezing against a wall. He couldn't breathe because he was overcome with pepper spray. He's saying, I can't breathe. An officer comes over to him and says, can I help you, sir? That's the right thing to do. Okay. The officer gives him a bottle of water so he could watch, wash off some of the quote unquote shit that was irritating him. Yeah, that's, we're all good there. Then Harry Dunn comes in. He says, I ran over and snatched the bottle out of the dude's hand. That's an assault, right? For what, what are you doing that for? He's not, uh, you're not defending yourself. You just assaulted this guy and threw it halfway across well, the rotunda. You don't give Nazis water, Jen. Everybody knows that. And now, now you're denying him uh, medical attention. Okay. I said, fuck oh, you, get the fuck God. out. And I pushed him. So there's assault number two. These were the fuckers who were beating my fellow officers. Fuck him. Fuck all of them. That's that's flat out unprofessionalism right there. So if you want some things to point to when you call or email, there you have it. Again, I used to work His in internal book. affairs. So His own admission. And remember, according to the federal rules of evidence, books are admissible and have resulted in the indictment of a guy involved in Tupac Shakur's murder. <laughs> That's right. See, when you brag about your crimes or you say things that are directly contradictory to your federal prosecution or your federal testimony in court, yeah, you're 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 you've got the problem. All right, let's get to Lara Logan. If only there were just Sorry, are there any remaining J6 defendants who don't care about the results of the trial that could possibly bring these things up. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> Let me think about that. Hmm. Do you know of any? <laughs> nah, I might be able to come up with one. Give me a few. Give me a few minutes. <laughs> All right. Let's check out Lara Logan. If your blood wasn't already boiling by this point, folks, it will now. Look, Jen. I just need to issue a moratorium on your potty mouth tonight. Jeez. <laughs> You're going to hey. drive away all of our family viewers. Hey, I can't help what Harry Dunn and, wrote in his, you know. In, I know. With, you got you to gotta brace us for the death bomb. <laughs> You're lucky there's not hate because that would be a hate crime. Yes. Can't have that. Okay. All right. All right, Lara Logan, this is part one with Ray Epps. This would be good. For more than two and a half years, Americans tied to January 6th have been vilified as insurrectionists, but charged and often imprisoned for mostly misdemeanor trespassing offenses. And there's one unanswered question that threatens the insurrection narrative more than any other. Did undercover agents or assets for the federal government agitate people to go into the Capitol and encourage or incite violence? In short, was January 6th a kind of setup 
more of a feds erection than an insurrection. The FBI alone had so many informants, Stephen Dantuono, a senior leader in the Washington field office at the time, admitted in sworn testimony that they lost track and ordered an audit to account for all of them. We still don't know exactly what those undercover assets were doing, whether their actions were legal or not. We don't even know exactly how many government agencies were involved. But we do know that protesters themselves quickly recognized there were provocateurs in their midst and called some of them out. One of them was a man named Ray Epps, who rightly or wrongly has become the face of the alleged Fed surrection. Epps has repeatedly denied working for any government agency and has gone so far as to sue some of his accusers. So we decided to take a closer look, and what we found may surprise you. It was a moment that will live in infamy. At an informal Stop the Steal rally in Washington, D.C., on the eve of January 6, when people in the crowd turned on a 58-year-old man with a lot to say. That man was Ray Epps. So I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for it, okay? Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. No! No! Peacefully! Fed! 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 Peacefully! There it was. Before a single protester ever set foot inside the Capitol, some of them suspected they were being set up. Take me back to that moment. Take me back to the moment when you looked at Ray Epps and the thought came into your head and you said, Fed. When I first saw Ray Epps, he came up to me this is January 5th. We're outside BLM Plaza. We're protesting. USA! 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 The police are protecting Antifa. And the last few years, that's been a common theme here, is that the left, you know, BLM can burn down cities for six months. Antifa can attack people. The cops do nothing. And then, you know, you do a little joke on your live stream and, and you're this domestic terrorist all of a sudden. His real name is Tim Gione, but he goes by Baked Alaska, what he called his stage name. Your stage name? Yeah. That makes you sound like a stripper. <laughs> no, I'm not a stripper. It's my, uh, my rapper name, my entertainment name, I guess. The controversial 35-year-old e-celebrity from Anchorage has made a career out of social media that's lasted more than a decade, despite being banned from one platform after another. For a while, he was associated with the alt-right, which he told us he regretted and said he's since cut ties. He's gathered thousands of followers with his confrontational style and no shortage of haters. Get out of my door now! A cringe lord, a poser, and a white trash provocateur. He's often spotted in the land of memes. Um, can I take your order? Dude, let's go! Got mixed with and landed a shout-out from Joe Rogan himself 
on the world's most popular podcast. Uh, this baked Alaska guy who's a, like a famous shit poster. Do you know what shit posters? They say like ridiculous shit in their memes and they fuck with people yeah, and they get yeah. people upset. Yeah. It's pretty funny stuff. Great, yeah. I'm uh, so honored to live in a country <laughs> where our president is shit posting on Twitter. It really makes the world a better place. It's <laughs> hilarious. We are in Washington, D.C., boys. Fans across the country were watching his live stream that freezing winter night as lines of police separated the crowd of Trump supporters from a small number of Antifa agitators in a fairly tense standoff. We learned that Ray Epps talked to Baked Alaska about going into the Capitol twice, two conversations roughly 10 minutes apart. This is what he said happened the first time, shortly after 10.30 p.m. Ray Epps came up to me and started saying, we need to go into the Capitol. Now, I'm someone who creates funny content and I just like to agree with everyone. And, you know, if someone's saying something crazy, a lot of times I'll just agree, be like, yeah, yeah, because I, you as an interviewer understand, you want to allow them to continue speaking. So the first time he says this and I'm like, let's go, which is a phrase that I say all the time. I'm sort of just encouraging him. I'm like, that's some crazy boomer. Okay, he's, he's saying some stuff. Here, you can see it for yourself. In fact, tomorrow... I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go. It. I'll say it. All right. We need to go in to the Capitol. <laughs> let's go. What stood out in this first exchange, the way Epps stopped and paused after he said in. We need to go in to the Capitol. Big Alaska's reaction said it all. I didn't see that coming. He was like, don't beat that guy up. But let's go into the Capitol. <laughs> And then I get weirded out. So I'm, I move to a different group. I'm like, and, and everyone around is like, what is this guy saying? And, and you're filming at this I'm point? I'm filming live the whole time. Yeah. So you're seeing this unfold in real time. And I'm just saying, let's go. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm like, I'm getting away from this creep. He's, he's weirding me out. I'm getting weird vibes. Something's off. Right. I go to another group okay, way far away from him. He follows me. And then he starts instructing the crowd. And that's... That's the famous moment. He says, we need to go into the Capitol. Tomorrow, we need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Right when he said that, something clicked into my head. I was like, whoa, this is scripted. Because he said the same exact line, word for word. And that's three not times. natural. It's not natural. And I've been doing this for about 10 years. I go to every single type of rally, film, and not just film clips. No, I live stream for extended periods of time. So I'm able to see, I guess, the micro dynamics of how uh, the crowds act and respond to things and, you know, what are natural statements. And so I was also tipped off by why is he going around to all the groups instructing them what to do? And he was he kept saying, none of this matters tomorrow. We need to go in to the Capitol. Maybe the first time he's being silly or saying something crazy. But when he said it the third time, word for word. I knew there's a strong possibility this guy's a fed. I started that chant, and guess what? The whole crowd joined in with me within seconds. Peacefully! Fed! 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 Peacefully! And that wasn't planned or coordinated. That was just the spirit moving. That was God saying, there's something up here. Like, we watch out. There's something going on. And, and that's what I felt in my heart as a believer, truly. To be clear because it's very difficult to prove these things. Right. Nobody is saying for certain Ray Epps is a confidential source. He, of course, denies it. Right. 
and his attorney denies it. He's taken legal action against people who right. say it. Um, and he has uh, many cheerleaders yeah. in the media. Yeah, the New York Times, the January 6th Commission, Liz Cheney. 60 Minutes. What? 60 Minutes. <laughs> Once again, like, yes, that's my opinion. I believe he is a Fed okay, well, based off my this. information, but I can't say 100%. Baked Alaska agreed opinion was not evidence. And we reminded him Ray Epps also denied working for the government when he testified under oath before the January 6th committee. Since his defamation attorney, Michael Teeter, the FBI, the Department of Justice, and Epps all declined to comment, we turned to first-hand original recordings from multiple sources and trolled through every frame we could find. Metadata from the live stream showed that from the start of his first encounter with Big Alaska until they parted ways, a period of one hour, 32 minutes, and 39 seconds, Epps repeated certain phrases over and over. He told them at least 12 times what he wanted them to focus on. We are here to do something. Our whole life. It is not to mess with Antifa. It is not to mess with Black Lives Matter. That doesn't matter. Keep your focus. Keep focus. Keep focus. Keep your focus. You're losing focus. Don't lose focus. You're losing focus. You're losing focus. Keep the. You're losing focus. I think he wants from the focus. All right, well, are, are we going to keep going? Please, Jim, please, let's keep going. We have to. There's eight minutes more of this. Okay, let discuss. me call back. Okay. The caller has hung up. Definitely can't leave Jeremy hanging with the Lara Logan Ray Epps episode. I mean, that would be crazy. Can't do that. I'm wondering what you guys are thinking right now. I'm, I'm saying... Oh, yeah. KMN 10, obvious talking points, working the crowd. Yeah. like He got found out just by those people standing there. But we're the ones being hoodwinked because he's got legal representation suing these people because the government won't come clean. PS 34, Epps only denied under oath to working for the FBI. Absolutely. He worked for someone. Just as they do in these congressional hearings, they're very particular about what they say and they choose their words carefully so as to not perjure themselves although i mean they're doing it anyway it wouldn't even really matter at this point look at uh garland and mayorkas and all these other people that lie through their teeth i mean she's not in the congressional room but the press secretary gaslighting enough to make goebbels proud um this is this is what we're dealing with. And when your eyes are open and you see it happening, it's, uh, you know, what are we, what are we going to do? The least we can do is call the Capitol Police and make a complaint about these agents, officers, whatever you want to call them, perjuring themselves, like I just told you. Multiple instances, even in that one paragraph of not just unprofessionalism, but assault. And I, you know, there's a, a lot of people out there that say that we should be calling these Congress people more and more. And something that they don't like is their name being dragged through the mud through the media. So how do we do that? KMN 10, not FBI, but who? Well, it could have been Department of Homeland Security, 
also, yeah, compartmentalism could have been working in the dark shot. In fact, you know, he could have been working for someone in the deep state that isn't closely attached to any official government agency also. Uh, I think his background was military, if I'm not mistaken. If you guys remember, please put it in the chat. I can't remember what his uh, background was, but I think it was something having to do with the military. Anyway, he lives in Arizona, I think, on a ranch with his wife. And they did that 60 Minutes episode on him. I probably should watch that, but it was hard. It was hard to stomach, so I didn't. But that would be a good one to watch and get, Unknown get the skinny on Ray Epps. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Ray Epps. An incarcerated individual DOD at possible, Citrus yes. County, Florida. This call Absolutely. is not private. It will be recorded and may be monitored. If you believe this should be a private call, please hang up and follow facility instructions to register this number as a private number. To accept this free call, press mm. 1. To refuse this free call, press yeah. thank you for using Media plays him as a bumbling idiot. You may start the conversation yeah. now. All right, can you hear me? Yes. All right, we need to get his defamation attorney's information because at the end of this show, I'm going to make an announcement. Oh, shoot. Hit it. The focus, guys. You're not here for this garbage. And said around six times, this is not why we are here. That's not what we're here for. It's not what we're here for. No, we don't, but that's not why we're here. That's not why we're here. We're getting off the subject, man. We're here for another reason. So many times it drew this response from Baked Alaska. You may be here for that reason, but other people might be here for other reasons. I can tell the difference between a news story and propaganda because I've been a journalist for more than 35 years. Right. And in propaganda, they repeat themselves. Right. You're making a point because you want to focus people on that. When you tell a story, mm -hmm. you don't keep repeating yourself. Your audience isn't dumb. Yeah. And I saw this guy there and I'm thinking, first of all, who are you? Mm -hmm. Why are you doing this? Why is this? he directing people around? Who does that? Who gave you the authority? Yeah, to do I don't. That? I don't go up to the crowds and say, "Do this, do that." I we got it. No. The immediate reaction was concern. And Epps's insistence that Antifa and BLM don't matter. It's not about them. It's not about them. Seemed to pour gas on the fire for people who had endured years of antagonism from Antifa's black bloc. Ever since Trump's victory in 2016, his supporters had been targeted by the so-called brown shirts of the left, who'd shown up at his rallies to start fights, and more recently, at Stop the Steal rallies in Washington, D.C. in December, right after the 2020 election, when the violence and intimidation escalated. <laughs> Antifa turned streets in the capital into no-go areas for Trump supporters. Some pushed back in anger, and at least four people were stabbed, according to police. We don't really know exactly what happened, but somebody came out of a doorway and stabbed one of our leaders. Several protesters told us that's why many came prepared for the Trump rally on January 6th swapping golf shoes and sneakers for combat boots and stab vests. When BLM and Antifa are burning down our cities and destroying our country, it doesn't matter right now. Yes, it does. That's breaking it the It does not matter right now. Epps stayed on message, 
and later told the January 6th committee he was trying to stop violence. Congressman Adam Kinzinger credited him for that. And we did find Epps inserting himself in a number of arguments. But the violence seemed to be over by then, as confirmed by Baked Alaska and others who were present. Epps also told the committee he thought the Capitol would be open because it was a weekday. And although he said this twice... I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested. So I'm going to put it out there. I'm probably going to go to jail for it, okay? He testified he did not believe he would be arrested and was trying to find some common ground. Epps did have a number of supporters in the crowd. Mommy! Mommy! He's right! He's right! But with Big Alaska, it got a little heated. Shut up! Get out of, get out of here! Get out of here! I, I'm done with you. Oh, I'm yeah. done talking You're to you. Punk that I'm, I'm, no, get out! Get out of here! No. You realize how when he gets proven wrong, he just makes shit up because oh, you guys are trying to cause violence. And a little personal. The media calls us Nazis. You fucking retard. Are you serious? Don't argue with him. He's making money on you. That's what this is. It's all about the money. It's all about the money. Baked was still convinced. Epps was working an angle. No, no, he he's definitely a plan. Hundred percent. Any sort of interaction we have, this this fucking guy comes in he's like and has some fucking thing to say the only then when things were dying down shortly before midnight we discovered another conversation we hadn't seen or heard before here epps took a different tone with big Alaska. i despise the there we go there we go i despise the anti i stood him down myself with the army vets i respect that queen creek arizona that's where that's where i live are you my neighbor? I swear. I live in Queen Creek. What a choke you, man. Wait, this guy's antagonizing me, man. Maybe it's because you're my neighbor. Then he leaned in and whispered something he apparently did not want to say out loud. We're not here to fight, man. We're here to storm. We're here to storm the Capitol. Hell yeah. All right. Have a good night. Be safe. Be safe, brother. That one moment changed what we knew about Ray Epps that night when he whispered storm the Capitol before it had happened and echoed the official narrative before it was broadcast across the nation. ...of supporters of President Trump stormed the U.S. Capitol building. Thousands storming the Capitol. This mob that stormed the Capitol. Stormed the Capitol. Stormed the Capitol. Stormed the Capitol. Stormed the U.S. Capitol building. Stormed the United States Capitol. We ran it through forensic software that technical investigators use for analyzing audio and video to make sure we heard correctly and it had not been altered. We're here to storm the Capitol. Hell yeah. All right. Have a, have a good night. Be safe. And searched through hours of footage, countless news stories, Epps's FBI case documents, and his deposition before the January 6th committee to see if it had been discussed. With the exception of one writer we found on Substack, it hadn't. Epps, who continued to direct people to the Capitol in the cold light of day on January 6, did not go into the Capitol himself, according to the January 6 committee and the FBI. 
He's never explained publicly why he said storm the capital, what he meant by that, or what he may have known. So why hasn't it been addressed? Nobody cared about the Ray Epps story for the first year after January 6th. It was just a nothing burger to everyone for some reason. Um, I thought it was a big story, but um, I was banned off Twitter. I was banned off YouTube. I was banned off all social media, so I couldn't get the story out. You know, I was not able to get it into the mainstream. The lack of curiosity would not be enough once the Ray Epps story caught fire. All right, something else. So I'm, I'm assuming this next one. Oh, what? I don't know. But those are two different people. It turned out January 5th was not the first time Ray Epps encountered Baked Alaska. We recovered live stream video from a rally in Phoenix where Epps seemed to point his camera right at him and take a photo. We're looking at every angle that we can. No preconceived ideas. That's how you get to the truth. Okay. Jeremy, what do you think about that? All right. Uh I'm I'm doing some real quick, just real quick cursory search. Uh, so I'm reading to you from the executive summary of the final report, Select Committee to Investigate January 6th Attack on the U.S. Capitol. Okay. And it starts out with a very nice intro by Nancy Pelosi titled, The Last Best Hope of Earth, right? Mm -hmm. But we're going to go next to... The chairman's uh, little intro, which is uh, six, five and a half, six pages. Uh, Benny Thompson from Mississippi, representative from Mississippi. And lo and behold, I didn't mark this earlier when I was going through it because I was looking for other details, other linguistic triggers and clues to other things that I'm working on. But I was like, Storm the Capitol. Gee, I wonder if the chairman of the select committee used that terminology. And I was just flipping through real quick, uh, Liz Cheney, but I'll do that later and I'll, I'll let I'll report back. But look here in the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven paragraph, Mr. Bernie Thompson says, as a violent mob stormed the Capitol. Huh. Seems like a little bit of a narrative there. But yes, I do have some notes. I was just throwing that out because I was in the process of doing that. So, um, okay, before we get started, I would like to just officially uh, raise my right hand. Uh, let, um, let me grab my Bible. I, Jeremy Brown, do solemnly and officially uh, proclaim that I, based on 20 years of special operations experience, and other forms of experience over a 49-year life to solemnly declare that Ray F. was 100% in some way yet to be discovered officially involved in the government military coup conducted on January 6th of 2021. If you would like to accuse me of defamation, I can be reached through my attorney's or through this podcast at what's our email address, Jim? It is thefusioncell at protonmail.com. There you go. Thefusioncell at protonmail.com. I welcome 
your defamation suit against me. Again, my name is Jeremy Brown, U.S. Army Special Forces Master Sergeant, retired. Uh, I would give you my inmate number, but my ID is stuck on the door. Uh, I'll get it to you if you need it, but I am 100% convinced, not that I really need it any more convincing, I mean, it's pretty obvious, um, that Ray Epps was absolutely involved in the operational execution of the military coup conducted on January 6, 2001. I welcome any and all defamation suits. Hell, seditious, uh, seditious or whatever their stupid name is. If they want to bring suits, I welcome it because guess what? I'll take it to court. I'm not like Fox News. And when you bring a fake suit against me, I settle in a fake settlement out of court in order to uh, avoid discovery. See, I take trials all the way, baby. So whatever his attorney's name is, I think was early in the story, we should track it down so we can email them directly. I'm more than happy to accept any defamation suit on behalf of Ray Epps or any of his co-conspirators in the FBI or Department of Justice or any of the non-government agencies. Because again, we've always talked about how you gotta use you gotta use the right words when you're asking the questions, and they always seem to only ask if Ray Epps was part of any government agency. But they didn't seem to ask him if he was any type of military contractor or anything like that. So there, it's official. Please, I welcome your defamation suit because I will obtain discovery in this defamation suit. I will go through your bank records. I will, I will pull up all the ring camera footage of all your neighbors to show you bringing home bags from IKEA or whatever else that your wife or girlfriend or gay lover or whoever. You were spending the money on that. I know that you received, and you can always follow the money. And guess what? I have people that could probably uh, reach back into their experience and counter threat finance and find where the money came from that paid Ray F for his uh, obvious, complete servitude on January 6th. Have I made my point clear, Jen? Yeah, I think you have. I think we all got the message. So, what more can be said about the FBI that hasn't already been said about Afghanistan? Bombed out and depleted. Thank you, Dave Chappelle, for that wonderful line from the player haters ball. Lost. They had so many confidential human sources that they lost track. Now, first of all, that's kind of impossible because every source has a handler. So in essence, your source handlers would have had to lose track, which means that's not even legitimately possible. So that statement is probably partially a lie, right? They didn't lose track. They're just claiming that they have one minute left. Oh, oh, we lost track. We can't possibly provide you all the documents because oh, we we lost track. We don't have them. See, that's how you use words in order to protect yourself at a cover-up. They didn't lose track. They know exactly where they are because right now those documents are in Washington, D.C., being prevented from being given to me, which I'm uh, fervently requesting. But don't worry. We're not done yet. But my phone call is done. So, Jen, should I call back? Yeah, sure. All right. The caller has hung up. He's like, music to my ears. I must rant about this, which is, 
you know, understandable. Before he, or while we're waiting for him to come back on, I'd like to show you that we are bringing back the Abolish the FBI t-shirts, okay? They're going to be in black and white, just like you see right there, and also in green with black writing. Now, the only difference is, I'll make this larger so you can see it. This says brownforflorida.com right here. It's going to say dash Jeremy Brown. And if you can't see that writing, it says it's a time for patriots, not politicians, warriors, not wimps, leaders, not leeches, champions, not cowards. It's time for winter soldiers to stand up, not sunshine patriots. So we are pre-ordering these right now. So if you'd like to get your order in, just let me know. Again, they're going to be in colors uh, white and black, as you're seeing there, and also in green with black writing. They were awesome sellers last year. The money is going to Jeremy's legal fund, so you kill two birds with one stone there. You can get your couple of stocking stuffers here. You've got your honey, 16 ounces, raw, pure raw honey from South Carolina. And now you can have a Abolish the FBI t-shirt. I mean, honestly, we should be wearing patriotic shirts like this every single day, everywhere we go, so that people read, see more of it. Uh, might even spark a conversation. You might get a crappy look from someone, but you know what? That's what being a steadfast patriot is all about. A winter soldier. Not a sunshine patriot. Not just waving your flag on the 4th of July, drinking your beer and sitting in your little inner tube. It's much more than that, as we know. Uh, anybody watching this show would know that. So, um, yeah, please get that into me. That would be the fusion cell at protonmail.com. And um, send me, if you have questions on the shirt size and stuff. I'll definitely let you know that I wore a small, um, but they're pretty much male sizes. So you can go with that small, medium, large, extra large XXL. Um, let's see. What else do we have going on? Oh yeah. Tina three, three, three. Unknown yes, caller. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. This call you know, is not Jeremy private. is a t-shirt. How to order? It's email me at thefusioncell at protonmail.com. Um, Jeremy's a t-shirt snob. So they feel really good, too. They don't feel like crunchy t-shirts. They feel nice. All right, you got me? Yes. Okay, so just to recap, the FBI statement that we had so many confidential human sources that we lost track. So many? True. That they lost track? Completely false. You know how I know? Because every source has to give up their phone number, or as we would, would like to call them, selectors, uh, which means they voluntarily are, you know, they're volunteering to have their cell phones tracked, okay? That right there means they weren't lost track of. They know exactly within probably two or three feet where every single one of them was. So there's that. 
they love to always ask Ray F. Have you ever been part of any government agency? Like again, like we always say, watch the words. Pay attention to the words that they use because they know exactly what they're doing. You just don't know what they're doing. And they know that you don't know what they're doing, right? But now you do because you listen to the fusion cell. They'll never ask him, Mr. F, were you in any way involved in any pre-planning of any type of event or received any money at all related to January 6th from any type of entity known to man? Well, he can't answer that, right? Because then he would be lying, right? So, oh, Mr. Ray F has been suing people for defamation. Really? Who? What happened? What What are the details of these suits? Are these suits legitimately real? Right? I mean, are these actual people that are actually being sued? Are these just, you know, PR narratives? Like going on 60 Minutes, because, you know, 60 Minutes, they love to get to the truth about January 6th. And so they were falling all over themselves to put Ray F up there. No, no, 60 Minutes has never called me. But luckily, Laura Logan used to be on 60 Minutes, so I'll talk that up as a win. All right? Yeah. But um, believe it or not, it's not that hard to stage some fake suits. I mean, I, I personally believe that the Dominion versus Fox News suit was completely fabricated. Why? To make it seem like, oh, see, they did. They knew that they were lying because, see, the minions sued them and then they settled. Or they're just two actors acting out part of a big play, right? That's what I think happened because, I mean, uh, isn't the minions suing Mike Lindell? I mean, isn't the minions suing How about this? Why doesn't the minions sue me? Why doesn't everybody just sue me, right? So... Start contributing to the legal fund, folks. Apparently, people are going to start suing me left and right. All right. Um, we got to sell a lot of T-shirts. I know. We're going to need to sell a lot of abolish the FBI yeah. T-shirts. Um, <laughs> in fact, money. maybe the next T-shirt should be Sue Jeremy. <laughs> we dare you. Um, make Alaska actually sound, he, he didn't sound anything like the way people describe him to me. I don't know the guy, but he showed up at a rally and then, thought that Garrett Smith showed up to kill him, I guess, instead of my uh, supporters. But I don't know. Maybe someday he'll actually interview me and I can get to know the guy. All right. Notice how when he's chanting, everyone starts chanting, Fed, Fed, Fed. Al Ray Epstein throws in the word peacefully. <laughs> That's hilarious, right? He's like, we're going into the Capitol, and everyone starts chanting, and then he's like, I mean, peacefully going to the Capitol. <laughs> like, busted. All right, that was hilarious. Um, okay. Hey, Jeremy, did the you... idea... Jeremy, did you yeah, notice that he said BML instead of BLM? It's like, you don't uh, know what you're talking about. <laughs> I but here's the deal. Antifa and BLM don't matter. And here's why. You see, all the summer of love and all the all the Trump events where Antifa and BLM showed up, you realize that BLM and Antifa are four foreign controlled entities, right? I mean, so even the founders of BLM admitted, oh, we're trained Marxists. <laughs> and now they're like uh, obscure porn stars or whatever after they've run off with all the money, right? 
These are just useful idiots at the higher level, right? Antifa and BLM were used at rally after rally after rally. Sure, they destroyed things and set things on fire and stabbed people and beat up old ladies. They did all that because their foot soldiers aren't the ones I'm talking about. The controllers of each of these operations are the ones that facilitated the logistical movement of pallets of bricks and coordinated the mass number of freezers required to freeze all those water bottles and then plant them in pallets at strategic locations. Yeah, it wasn't some teenage skinny jean wearing soy boy that did all that. No. These are useful idiots by a much larger attack against America. These are the unconventional warfare guerrillas that are being run. Just like if I'm in a if I'm in Pineland as an Army Green Beret representing US foreign policy. I'm pulling the puppet strings of my gorillas in Pineland. They're doing what I'm telling them to do. And in many cases, they have no idea yet why. But see, that's what Antifa and BLM were used for during the Summer of Love. See, these are called TTP mapping operations. Why? Because when you have a large operation like January 6th that you want to pin on patsies like the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, and the Three Percenters, well, you need to know what they look like. You need to know how they move. You need to know how, if they were to conduct an operation, how would it look? So that when you're staging all of this, it looks legitimate. This is exactly what I told the Oath Keepers in November of 2020. Mm. I told them they needed to stop doing all these direct confrontations with Antifa and BLM because all they're doing is exposing the way that they operate to a much larger enemy. Huh. And yet, here they go, right into January 6th, and we're totally set up as the patsies. Why? Because just a few provocateurs can be put in the crowd to look like some militia member. Oh, look at that militia member breaking out that window who also kind of looks like some type of terror agent, right? Oh, look at this guy. He's talking the talk and walking the walk. But yet, uh, Mr. F, who's like, we got to go in, didn't go in. That seems kind of odd. You know, it's hilarious that the FBI had confidence in human resources inside at least the leadership circles of the Florida Oath Keepers of who Kellen Nick was it. Has anybody seen the Confidential Human Source Report that has the aha moment where that Confidential Human Source set in on the very meeting where the Florida Oath Keepers planned out their movements to get inside the Capitol? No, because it doesn't exist. See, because I know I was, I met with these people. Like, I know exactly what types of conversations were going on. It had nothing to do with planning the takeover of the Capitol. And the FBI knows this. They have my communications. They have their communications. They have the communications that oddly are not in my discovery, but yet I know exist because I typed them, telling the Oath Keepers to shut the hell up, to delete all their stuff, because they were about to be taken down. Yet none of that evidence is in my discovery. But I know it happened. I was there. So... That is the role 
that Antifa and BLM were used for in the lead-up to January 6th. It's how they were so good at blending into the crowd. Then the supporters in the crowd exhibited exactly the same thing that they're supposed to exhibit when you put an agent provocateur into a crowd. They react with mob mentality. Laura talked about, oh, and here were a couple a couple of supporters in the crowd. Yeah, you know why there was only a couple? Because, see, their planning was based off the mentality that they were used to seeing during the summer of love, right? So the radical leftists and stupid college kids are much more easily riled up into a fervor to break windows and set things on fire than a bunch of middle-aged white guys, old ladies, and old men carrying American flags. So, yeah, there are a couple of morons in the crowd that agreed with Ray F., but only a couple. I mean, I thought this was supposed to be the overthrow of the government. Like, all of these Trump supporters were just following their fearless leader, President Trump, to go kill all the members of Congress, which if you read the introduction again of Benny Johnson and Liz Cheney, that's the way they make it sound. Uh, he, he even talks about how uh, uh, they ordered us to take our congressional pins off, but I didn't take mine off because I'm a brave member of Congress. Mm. Oh, give me a break. Literally, I, I threw up a little bit in my mouth while I was reading it. Sorry, that might be TMI. <laughs> yeah, so you get to see an example of mob mentality right there. Two or three guys were like, yeah, I like this radio. Yeah, let's go in. And when he went in, he probably was looking around like, where did my go? go? Yeah. Oh, he never went in because he, he was part of the setup, right? Like, if you look at some of this footage, the guys busting the windows, the ones that don't go in after they break the windows open, yeah, they're suspect. Sure, I'm sure some of the Proud Boys probably broke some windows and then went in after they broke the windows. That's logical behavior for somebody, right? But why did that other guy break the window and walk away? When he was there to break, and then I guess Jim, you didn't you say that they uncovered video of people passing weapons out to the crowd from yes. inside the Capitol? Yes, that seems that. kind of yes. weird. Let's see if I can find it. And then, of course, Benny Thompson again in his introduction admits that the doors to the Capitol were sealed. Well, that's funny because see, that's a highly controlled system of magnetized locks that are unlocked from a control center. And guess what that control center has? <gasps> Data logs, just like this prison, this jail that I'm in right now. When a guard in the bubble pushes the button on the computer screen to unlock my door, they can go back and say, if, if for some reason I by chance happen to go missing, they can go right back to that data log and say, Officer Schnedlap was on duty and opened that door at 8.59 and 23 seconds. Guess what? The Capitol has that exact same data set for every door that was unlocked and opened on January 6th. Hey, Jeremy. Has anybody subpoenaed those records? Yes, ma'am. I'm going to show this video of, uh, of them the weapons being handed out from inside the Capitol while you're talking, just to let you know. Oh, is it a silent video? There's no sound? I think so. Yes. 
All right. It's silent. So go ahead. And of course, the final point of which got me to looking through here for the for the terminology of storm the capital. And of course, we've seen this time and time again, the narrative that's pushed down to the media using the exact same phraseology, the exact same wording, the exact same tone, and everything. Why? Because it's propaganda. What civilian runs around saying, we're going to storm the Capitol? Hey, maybe you watched Princess Bride the night before and remember the part where Billy Crystal says, that's what I'm storming the castle. Who knows? All I know is that the very terminology that Ray has used, I never heard a single person say that. And I was in the group of seditious conspirators and conspiracy convicts. I literally know Kenny Helton. In fact, we like spooned at one point during the speech because he's sitting right next to me and we were freezing to death. So why am I not charged with sedition conspiracy? Hell, you have I've got left. a background. I'm a professional seditious conspirator. The Army trained me to do it in other foreign countries. Why does the FBI not salt that indictment? The Epic Times ran photographs of me standing right next to Kelly Meg. Kelly Meg told him I had grades, a grenade, allegedly, right? I've never seen a document attributing those words to Kelly Meg. I've only seen lots of documents of people saying Kelly Meg said that, but not one official FBI 302 of an interview of Kelly Meg where he said that. That seems awfully weird, but those are my comments, Jen. I think we're about to get cut off. Okay. Do you want to go one more, or is that going to be it for tonight? But you better hurry. Um, it's, it depends on you. If you have more to say, then call back. If not, no, it depends on everybody. I'm Bill. I have all the time in the world. Okay. Well, we have 36 people watching now, so feel free to call back, and we'll make Thank that the last Thank you for using Securus. Goodbye. All right. Um. Yeah. So you watch that that video just now. Weapons being handed out from inside. Capitol is pretty clear. I saw at, at least if it wasn't a long piece of wood, it was a bat. And who knows what else. And I, I had read or heard about this happening, uh, that people saw weapons coming from a particular place from the Capitol. Now we have the video. So, of course, they don't want to release the CCT video from the Capitol, which is why. It's incredibly imperative that it gets released. Otherwise, these men are going to, mostly men, I'll say men and women, are going to spend decades in prison for what? For a government lie. Okay? We have to push for these videos to get released because they contain exculpatory evidence. How could this, ha how could this video that... Steve Baker came upon have ch had it could have changed the entire outcome of that Oath Keepers trial, maybe, right? Maybe because we're dealing with kangaroo courts. What about the video with Jake Chansley, who was getting escorted around the Capitol by Capitol Police? That didn't come out until he was, I think, two weeks out that he was already going to get released. It had nothing to do with Tucker Carlson. So 
this is what they're banking on. And we won't find out until much later. And then of what use is it then when these people have already spent a portion of their lives in jail, others taking their own lives, as you can see from my scroll down here, Matthew Perna, Najord Meacham, Christopher Georgia, Mark Angst, okay? And we've heard from Matthew Perna's aunt, Jerry Perna, where she says he couldn't take the domestic terrorism enhancement. And you ask the prosecutor, well, if he had just waited, you know, I don't think that would have stuck. Again, you are not seeking justice here. You're trying to get your career points, your political points, whatever the hell you're doing is not called justice if that's what you really believe. This is just insane. Let's go to the comments. That video of weapons being handed out is unknown caller. People just aren't curious enough. No, they're still in the matrix for sure. An incarcerated individual at Citrus County, Florida. Unacceptable. This call is not right. private. It will be Fred recorded and may be monitored. If you believe yeah. this should be a Tina says call, they don't want to give us election data either. Same reason they're complicit. As a and number. yeah, they don't want to fix the elections either. One to refuse this free call because press. they benefit Thank too you many. Securus. You may start the conversation now. Man, for a second there, I thought the wife took the phone away from you. <laughs> she just might. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what we're starting to see and what we're gathering and trying to show you is that all of these things are all indications of a compartmentalized operation. Mm. All of these little disparate acts that don't really make a whole lot of sense except for the conclusion that they were all part of a much larger operation. Well, how, how did weapons get inside the Capitol? And I'm, I'm assuming by weapons, uh, and I haven't seen this video, so I'm assuming that what they're handing through are like two-by-fours, Yes. right? Yes. Right, yeah. Uh, so what, there's just a stack of two-by-fours laying around inside of Capitol, and these people knew exactly where they were, right? But wasn't there another video of like a storage shed of of people getting stuff out of a storage shed, like underneath the staircase. I feel like I've seen that video as well. But see, they never planned on two things. One, they never planned on how much private individual cell phone video there would be, right? Now, I think, I believe, because, you know, I'm a communications guy, right? We were not able to make communications on that day. Nobody could get signaled. And so I believe that they had some type of an electronic jamming device in and around the Capitol to prevent live streamers. But some people were able to live stream, right? And so, you know, this technology is not exactly, uh, you know, it's not foolproof and it's very sensitive to range. So if things aren't exactly positioned, there's, you know, you could literally put enough things in between that the jammers won't block a certain hand device and you stand in a certain, whatever, right? This, this is all a lot of technical stuff, but it, 
everyone attributed it to the cell phone system being overloaded by the sheer number of people. And it very well could have been that. But it also could have been active electronic jamming. And that's based off the fact that I've read articles that have uncovered that there were these types of units deployed on that day, right? These signals intelligence units. And that would be a type of unit that would have that type of capability. So I think they relied on the fact that, oh, well, we'll just be able to block live streamers. And so everyone will be wondering, oh, what about this? But they didn't account for all the people that were actually just recording video that could then post later. Now, I'm sure they thought, well, we'll just confiscate it all when we round them all up after the fact, but it's getting out. People are, aren't as scared today as they were two years ago, and they're starting to you know, distribute this video out. And now there's enough defendants out there that are like, see the writing on the wall that this is all set up. And so they're starting to leak their videos that they're threatened by the Department of Justice to not leak because that's sensitive or highly sensitive. Now they're like, yeah, screw that. I'm leaking it totally. And and more videos. Now Congress is trying desperately to still maintain the uh, prevention of letting people see it, right? They, oh, the Republicans, we're going to get this out and nothing has happened, right? So they didn't account for all the videos and the worst thing, the most damaging thing is they misinterpreted the nature of the crowd. See, they thought, see, their narrative was written, right? Nancy talked about it. The senators and congressmen immediately on the news flooded the airwaves with the, with the narrative. Oh, my gosh, they're clutching their pearls. They're waving because they're getting the vapors because, oh, my gosh, it was an armed overthrow, right? Um, I'm surprised they didn't tell stories about the piles of dead bodies that were outside, right? But see, that narrative didn't actually match what happened because the mob mentality of a conservative Trump-supporting boomer mob is way different than a radical, cultural, Marxist, college-educated, a bunch of liberal white women and, and you know, soy boy yeah. skinny jean wearing black block morons, mm-hmm. right? I mean, you throw one brick in that crowd and everybody, <laughs> everybody's throwing a brick. You throw a, a brick in a Trump crowd and they're like, what the hell are you doing? That brick was like $3.50 and now it's broken, <laughs> right? This, that, that's the difference in mentality, okay? And so because that mentality didn't kick off the way that they hoped, now, all they have is that limited violent video, right, that we see over and over and over and over. But we never get to see the big picture mob, right? And so those, those two things have really been detrimental to uh, the, 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 the holding up of this false narrative. And then you've got guys like me that, you know, aren't Ray Epps's or, you know, Kelly Meggs's or whatever that aren't just normal guys who wouldn't know what to look for in this. I know what I'm looking for. And I interviewed with a guy today. Guess what? Other special operators have talked to him. Some of them have admitted that they were actually there in an official capacity. Huh. How did that happen? You mean Department of Defense had troops on the ground? 
for a First Amendment permitted rally? That seems a little bit odd. But this is the reality. These truths are are bubbling up to the surface. And as long as we don't just say, ah, that's a conspiracy, or we're not scared by Ray Epps' fake threats of defamation suits, or we're no longer afraid that the FBI's Joint Terrorism Task Force isn't going to show up at our door because we question the narrative, well, it's going to continue to come out, and people will continue to see with their lying eyes the very things that I've been telling everybody about for almost two and a half years now. So I'm excited to see what uh, Laura has for next week. I'm I'm getting really super excited to hear what she did with our interview. Yeah, I'm definitely excited for that also. I'm going to, I don't know, I'm going to try and see if she'll come on for an interview on the fusion cell. That would be pretty badass. She agrees. I don't think your wife's going to allow that. <laughs> sure she will. <laughs> that would be like that would be like Tylene allowing me to interview in studio with Emerald Robinson. Like there's just some oh. things that you like don't worry no it way. won't be in studio. She's not going <laughs> to just well, then, the computer. All right. Fine. <laughs> in fact, she should require that it, yeah, see, I'm totally allowed to do all these interviews in studio it would probably be a much larger problem. But uh, yeah, there you go. There you go. You throw out that little disclaimer like a protection measure. Be like, honey, it's over TV. It's no big deal. I'm a, you're, look, and I'll vouch for you, Jen. You're now a professional interviewer. You know, I've done two already. <laughs> Just kidding. We yeah. Did, we, did a, we did a few on uh, Freedom Family and Fairness Report, but um just let me let me give a little plug here for the interview portion. Um, I've just finished editing David Blaumbutt, and he is, and I know I've talked about him briefly before, but he's a whistle FBI whistleblower as well. He currently works in Hong Kong because he believes that this country is going to um, civil war, and he also believes that what's really harming us uh, are the corporations. And because they just have so much money and influence over our uh, politics and society. So he definitely has some interesting perspectives, especially also been living in China for 10 years. So there's that. And then we also have um, Captain Gabriel Garcia, whose trial is on November 20th. And um, I'm editing his also. And so we actually have two more interviews coming down the pike um, for you guys to watch and, and for all of us to learn from. So. That'll be cool. My goodness. Before I know it, you're going to be getting hired away to go work at some big place like the Blaze or Brighteon or InfoWars, and I'll be stuck in this just all by myself. I'm, I'm going to say uh, this is only going to work if Jeremy can call in at 8 p.m. <laughs> <laughs> and he gets unlimited talking right. time. So. <laughs> Oh my! <laughs> Unlimited ranting time. Hey, Manasu says. And you get. Go ahead. No, no, I was going to say you get that. You just tell them that they got to have somebody on the soundboard that can turn the mic lower and and <laughs> higher for whenever like I'm yelling and screaming. 
and then yeah, we need more soundboard sounds too. So that'll help. Man, you know what else? We, you know what else we need more of? What? Cowbell. Cowbell. I <laughs> did. <laughs> I need to get cowbell on the soundboard. <laughs> oh my gosh, we need more cowbell. Everybody knows that. We need more Jeremy Brown. Manasu is saying you should sell Jeremy's autograph after his Logan interview airs. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. You know what I thought of doing as a fundraiser is auctioning off autographed copies of our search warrant and the arrest warrant and things like that. But, mm. I mean, look, I'm a freaking inmate, okay? <laughs> Do I honestly believe that anybody wants the autographed copy of my search warrant? No. But maybe, I don't know. You know, sometimes you never know. Uh, yeah, I actually am working on uh, an art fundraiser with a fellow inmate who is an artist, former Marine. Uh, he does some really good work. And so we're, 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 we're doing some jailhouse negotiations uh, to do some type of a joint fundraising effort because, look, we need funds. I mean, hell, I'm offering uh, to pay seditious uh, hunters thousands of dollars i'm offering to be sued by ray epps i mean look i need, I need lots of uh, legal defense funds apparently if i keep uh challenging all these morons yeah um ps34 is hoping that your lara logan piece comes out soon i said i'm i, I hope so too i think it would make sense if it came on after ray epps but who knows there may be somebody in between i'm not sure I don't know. I think they're still working on some things. So look, okay. yeah, just patient over here. Okay, okay, I guess. Um, all right. What else do we got? Um, so there was just a little. I think the way that there, there's something going around on Twitter. So Sirsven Seven is asking if the Blaze will actually get all the January six footage, and I think there was just a. A misunderstanding maybe with I think the way they put it out there it sounded as if they were getting all the J6 footage but he, Steve later clarified that they're just getting the footage relative to what's needed for their reporting so we still have to really drive the point home that the J6 footage should not just be available to a media outlet okay it should or even the defense attorneys honestly it should be available to all people, they, everybody needs to see how members of Congress have lied to our faces and have been gaslighting the American public for the last two years. So, I mean, that's just got to happen. I, I, I don't, I, I highly doubt, see, this is the problem. When you read Steve Sun's book, Chief, Chief, uh, Capitol Police Chief Sun, okay, I just read the first, which I am reading right now. Yes. I just read the introduction and it's very clear that these politicians, these Congress people are working with Capitol police on a daily basis. Okay. So they are very entrenched in one another's affairs. So if the politicians were to release this footage, it is going to really throw a lot of shade on the Capitol Police, and then you're going to turn around and look at the politicians you have one and minute say, left. how could you have been holding this this whole time? All right, so this is not just, um, it is a major bomb. All of this, bomb, 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 bomb. 
I'm going to say it. Look, members of Congress who are in Congress right now don't want that footage released because then they will be held responsible. That's right. That's right. So the only way to get it released is get new members of Congress in there. And until they think they're going to lose their job, they are not going to pull the cover off of this cover-up. You're right about that. And we need election integrity to boot. All right. I'll see you on Monday. But I won't see you. I'll just hear you. I'll hear you on Monday. Sounds good. We're looking forward to it. All right. All right. Bye. Thank you for using. The caller has hung up. Thank you for using. Securist. Goodbye. So Manasu is saying the footage must be made available and easily accessible to the public. PS34, we need all that footage released. It belongs to we the people. Absolutely. Yeah, once you yeah, once you realize how how closely they work together, I mean just think about working with someone in in such a close ca- capacity, all of these people, and you know that there was wrong done on that day. I, again, I looked at the the overview of the use of force reporting and there were over 420 over 430 it was somewhere in the 400s uses of force that were reported that day okay every single one of them was found to be in compliance that is impossible i i, I can promise you that's impossible okay this is a major cover up of a government setup of the American people. It's very deep and it's very dark. And these people are still alive. This this is my fear that all, all this time goes by, like I've just said, and these people are spending time in, in jail and prison and killing themselves. Okay. A lot is on the line here for a lot of different people. Uh, Manasu was just saying, can you imagine all the footage that's out there that people are too scared to present to the public or make public because of they don't want the FBI knocking on their door. You know, uh, they don't want to get arrested. You're absolutely right. So this entire thing just needs to blow wide open. And yes, we need new politicians in, um, in our very sacred position of representing we, the people, and how can you, put all your effort forth toward that knowing that our election systems are rigged. We just saw what happened in Pennsylvania. We just saw it. It just happened. And, and what, what did they say happened? Oh, someone on our team had, uh, written it into the software to flip the, but we'll, you know, no shit. Obviously that's what's going on. Whether that's someone on your team or whether that's someone, anybody who has access to that machine and who knows if there's a back door through Wi-Fi to that machine, this is why we shouldn't be using machines. So it's, it's very, um, it's a, it's, it, it will be a multi-step process. Either that, either going, getting the election integrity set and then voting new people into office or somehow overhauling these politicians to put so much pressure on them somehow some way 
And the only way that they get overhauled is through the deep state so far, right? And how do they do that? Through uh, money and blackmail. So, but we don't play dirty like that. So I don't know how, how much pressure you can put on these people, how much pressure it would take and how to do it. Maybe, you know, Jeremy is obviously right in, in a respect. I don't know if it's, if it would be that much, if it would be enough pressure, I'll put it that way. Um, Hey, you're going to lose your job. You're going to lose next election. Mm, no, I won't because I know the election's rigged. So they don't care. Yeah. Man, I see this makes my blood boil. Absolutely. And makes you definitely makes, makes me feel like I keep trying to look for another angle or another way to, you know, where's the pressure point? What's going to make the domino effect work? What's going to make a difference? What's going to, there's, there's just a lot of, it's, it's complex. It's not really that complex. There's just mountains to move, you know? Um, but if we want any kind of accountability or transparency, if we want taxation with representation, because we currently don't have that, um, we're going to have to move mountains. So let's see. PS34 is saying newsothersmiss.com. I'm going to check that out. You always have good ones here. Newsothersmiss.com. Naked Truth News. Okay. Very interesting. Just put this up so people can see what it looks like. All right. Smart Maddox steals elections using boom. Boom. It's exactly what I'm talking about right there. Promotional video released on Thursday. Conic evidence ordered. I mean, yeah. And there's, and there's all kinds of stuff going on still with the elections. You know, nothing's, nothing's coming of them because they won't be heard in court. Whatever. We all know the story. Harry the Greek has exposed bunches of election fraud, criminal groups, and methods. Man. Okay. Yeah, thanks for putting that out there, PS34. That way people can go on a little a deep dive, go down the rabbit hole, and do some further research. Well, thank you very much for hanging out with us for an extra long time tonight. We really appreciate it. We had a lot of stuff to get through. Um, one hour doesn't seem like it's enough most of the time. I'll have those interviews for you as soon as I can. Probably going to release some teasers about David first uh, before I put the interview on Rumble. Again, very, very interesting perspective. Highly educated, went to West Point, has worked for the FBI, has worked overseas, has lived overseas. He brings a lot to the table and he sees a bleak future for us unless we move those mountains. So that'll be our next interview. Uh, if you want those t-shirts right here, uh, I got the fusion cell at protonmail.com. It's right in that black bar. You can also find us on Twitter, the fusion cell. And if you want to learn more about Jeremy, jeremybrowndefense.com, where you can also, there's also a link there to go to the honey, make honey And you can also find his gifts and go jeremybrowndefense.com and his appeals document. So uh, we will see you next Monday in the fusion cell between here and then. Whatever you guys do, don't do nothing. Have a good night, everyone. Mm -hmm.
world domination. Same old dream. The universe grows smaller every day. birth of freedom and that government of the people by the people and for the people shall not perish from the earth it was a great word Thank you.